folks. Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday night as I am recording this, following the first Nuggets news that we've had in a long time. It is a blessing in disguise to be able to talk about something that isn't just uh, off-season talk, season prep, whatever you want to talk about. It is very nice to have something tangible to discuss, something that involves the Nuggets. And and I actually wrote an article about, about Ben Simmons, excuse me, on Denver Stiffs, and it posted earlier today at about 8 a.m. And I like to think about that article as the the prompting, the the ultimate motivation in getting this Aaron Gordon deal done because both Ben Simmons and Aaron Gordon are uh, represented by Clutch, and they they wouldn't be traded for each other. Oh, I'm just I'm just really kidding about that. But uh, if you want to go read a now totally pointless article, then go check that one out on Denver Stiffs right now. Uh, it was about a Ben Simmons idea and and the benefits and detriments to that. But the big news of the day, what's got everybody talking? What had Half of Nuggets Twitter uh, very celebratory and the other half of Nuggets Twitter up in shambles was that Aaron Gordon is re-signing or is extending his contract for four years, $92 million. The Nuggets are committing to Aaron Gordon. They are officially doubling down on the investment that they made in Gordon at the trade deadline. March 24th, 2021, the Nuggets traded for Gordon. He missed the first game that Denver played without him, but when he ultimately played with the Nuggets, for that brief period of time, it really was bliss. He was having the time of his life, the Nuggets were winning up a storm, and things came crashing down after the the Jamal Murray injury, but it does not ignore what was going on, what was happening with this Nuggets team. They were finding something special. And the Nuggets, they are doubling down on that fact. They're doubling down on that belief that they can be one of the best teams in the NBA with this current group. With Nikola Jokic, with Jamal Murray, with Michael Porter, and now with Aaron Gordon and Will Barton, who they have now both committed to as the starting starting five for this Nuggets group at full strength. We're going to see how it goes. We're going to be, it's going to be very interesting to discuss this uh, and how it sort of develops over the course of these several years. We're not going to know if this works until the Nuggets are either ousted from the playoffs or win a title. This is a title contention move for Denver. And I think it's important to treat it as such. So let's talk about the deal. Let's talk in the first segment just about the contract, about kind of grading the deal both in a vacuum and given the Nuggets situation. And then in the second segment, talk about the Nuggets going forward, what we can expect, what this deal kind of means and signals for the Nuggets and what they are all about. They're now a championship contending organization, and I think it's time to treat them that way. So let's get into it. Let's let's actually first talk about the deal. This was reported as a four-year, $92 million deal, according to Sham Sharania of The Athletic. 
Now, if you've been paying attention to this podcast and various podcasts around, you know that the maximum that Aaron Gordon can truly be offered, independent of incentives, is about four years, 87, 88 million. What that included was a 20% raise on his last contract. And the, the final number that, that came out with that, it was about $16.4 million is what he was owed this season. The max that the Nuggets can offer him is 20% raise there. So that gets up to about $19.7 million. And then 8% raises beyond that. That is my belief. That is how the numbers sort of add up. And based off of that structure where you add 8% raises in every subsequent year, you go from 19.6 million to 21.2 million to 22.8 million to 24.4 million. It's about what you're going to get. And what that really totals is a four-year $88 million contract, so slightly less. The $92 million number that's reported likely includes incentives, which don't have to be included in the in the cap structure. If you have those incentives, you have a, a limited number that you can sort of add to the incentives of any add the incentives to for any deal. And for Gordon, it looks like those are about four million dollars, four to five million in incentives. Those are likely tied to staying healthy towards individual accomplishments like All-NBA, All-Defense, something like that. Or maybe it's a blocks or steals number or something like that, a rebounds number. But also it's likely tied to team success. The Nuggets have done that in the past with Paul Millsap, with Nikola Jokic, with Gary Harris. They have incentivized those deals to give those players an incentive to win that's tied to financials, where the more the team wins, if if anything is best for the team, that is also good for the player. And so that's likely what they've done with Gordon. It's unclear what that number is and and what those those incentives are. I, I haven't seen the contract, obviously, so I can't tell you. But what I can say is that this is a good deal for Denver in that it is going to be an an escalating deal where it's going to start at about 19.7 and that 19.7 million number is a lower percentage of the cap than what a 23 million dollar deal will like will likely be and because those numbers are increasing as time goes on the expectation is that the salary cap is going to increase as well. And so this contract isn't going to be treated like a $23 million deal or $22 million deal for the life of it. It's a little bit lower now or in this next year. And then as the TV money sort of kicks in, as all of the potential cap spikes could could considerably jump in, I think there is reason to believe that this deal is going to look better three years from now. I really do, especially if the Nuggets are winning. If this is the final piece of the equation, then you don't really care how much you paid and whether you paid two or three million dollar more than maybe what was expected in the first place. 
I had kind of projected that Gordon would probably be around the 20 to $21 million mark based off of the previous numbers put together by Harrison Barnes and Davis Bertans and Jeremy Grant and players like that. I think that Gordon is in that tier of players, so he should be paid like it. He shouldn't be asked to take a, a hometown discount. And there's also a negative connotation from a team perspective if you're always taking and forcing your own players to take hometown discounts. If you don't believe in your players, if you don't treat them well, then word gets around. So the Nuggets are going to treat their players well, and that's always going to help their cause going forward. It's probably why they got Jeff Green, to be honest. So let's grade the deal. In a vacuum, here are some numbers that uh, that smarter people than me have come up with to project Gordon's value. John Hollinger over the over at the Athletic has a model called B O R D dollar sign. It's he calls it boards, uh, and basically what it does is it creates a financial value or a financial number that is tied to a player's value that sort of captures that. And what that says from John Hollinger is that it values Gordon at about 19.6 million. And that's the amount of money that he's probably worth on the open market. So it's funny that the first year that that Aaron Gordon is going to have is at about 19.7 million. Seems like it's right in line with what this model projects him to be. Now, 538, they are much lower on him. They have him valued at about 9.8 million based off of what he has provided over the course of this last year and some of the lower statistical production numbers, the actual uh, scoring, rebounding, passing, steals, blocks. A lot of those numbers, a lot of the efficiency numbers, they don't really capture what he does well. The best thing that he does well is on-ball defense, at least in my opinion. That's his best skill, other than maybe traditional athleticism. So when everybody and their mother says that analytics models, uh, basketball models in general, the one thing they all really struggle to project and to compute is on-ball defense and defense in general, then it's understandable if some models are lower on Gordon than others because they don't necessarily capture what it means to be productive other than from a rebound, steals, and blocks perspective. But his plus-minus is really good, and that's one of the reasons why Seth Partnow's model and what he uses with RAPM it's kind of a, a regularly adjusted plus minus, I believe is what the abbreviation stands for. It grades him at around 19 million as well. And he is ranked in about the 56th to 79th player in the NBA based off of what Seth Partnow put together. He is about as objective and unbiased as you can possibly get from this perspective. He's in a tier with players like Mikhail Bridges, OG Ananobi, Marcus Smart, Brooke Lopez. All of those guys, I think, can be considered elite role players. 
guys that are stars in their role, players that do really, really well and, and may be able to win a championship, and Brooke Lopez now has, because of their ability to fill said role around the elite players. In a vacuum, this deal is probably an overpay. On average, it's going to be about $22 million. And so $22 million, you might say, okay, this probably isn't the greatest use of finances for a player that is going to be a complementary offensive player and hasn't yet shown that he can do elite things on the defensive end. I think he can. I think that's the next step for Aaron Gordon is that as the Nuggets have put together a foundation that allows him to just play freely and play openly on the offensive end, the best thing that he can do for himself and for the team is to become the best possible defender that he can. I think that he's capable of doing that, but he hasn't yet shown it. He's a really great on-ball defender against the Stars, but when it's not against the Stars, like what we saw against the Blazers and against Phoenix, he's a little bit out of place. He's not rotating at an elite level, things like that. If he can improve in that regard and become a more impactful defender overall, this is going to be proper value for him. He will probably never be the third best player on a championship team. Can he be the fourth? Yeah, I'd say so. I think that based off of Denver's hierarchy, Jokic is the best guy. Murray's the second best. Porter's the third best. I think Gordon's the fourth. I think everybody would universally, maybe not universally, because there are some big Will Barton fans out there, and as they should be, he's a good player. But I think Gordon, or I think Barton is the fifth starter in this configuration, and, and Gordon is the fourth. I think that he is capable in this structure of being that. So I think this is market value, or maybe just over market value. So what I, what I would give in a vacuum is a C to a C minus. I think that is fine. I think this is not great value for a role player, but if you're looking for a title contender, this makes sense. Now let's grade the deal with the Nuggets in mind, because they've established their formula. As I talked about, Jokic, he's the MVP. He's going to be paid the most overall because of the Supermax that is impending. He is their best player. He's the most valuable player in the entire league. He is flanked by two all-star caliber scorers and playmakers in Murray and MPJ. Those guys, they have holes in their game, but they're still really freaking good. And if you just have those three on the floor, you're going places. You're doing pretty well. But they do have defensive weaknesses. On ball is one of them. Guard defense is one of them. And then rotation defense on the back end is also one of them. The final two spots in Denver are filled by complementary starters with Barton and Gordon. Gordon, he's always the key piece to that formula. And one of the things that when people discuss Porter and his value, what they really sort of miss in this is just how well Aaron Gordon complements his weaknesses. He protects him in a lot of different ways, especially defensively. Think about how great Denver did from a statistical perspective when Porter was starting at the four. That's great, 
And there were a lot of matchups that made sense in that regard. But Denver never had to face LeBron James and Anthony Davis in that stretch. They never had to face other elite teams who could really punish them in that stretch. They went on a road trip, uh, and the one elite game, or the one elite team that they really faced during that time when Porter was playing the four, was Milwaukee. And if you remember what happened in that game, Giannis put Michael Porter in foul trouble immediately. And then Denver was scrambling. They had to figure out how to play zone. Uh, Giannis was dunking on everybody. It was a real mess for a while until Vlaco Chanchar, the destroyer of worlds, came in and sort of sorted things out. But that's why Aaron Gordon is so valuable. Because rather than putting Michael Porter out to dry, they can have Gordon defending one of the best players in the NBA. If it's against the Lakers, they can choose whether they'd prefer to put Gordon on LeBron or Porter on LeBron, or kick out Porter entirely, move Jeff Green into the lineup instead of Will Barton, and then have Jeff Green on Anthony Davis and Aaron Gordon on LeBron and figure it out from that regard. I think there's value to that. And the malleability of Gordon, his ability to defend up and down different lineups from being strong enough to defend power forwards and switch on to centers, to being quick enough to chase around wings and switch onto guards. He ties everything together. Even if he isn't the most productive offensively, he can operate in the short corner on the offensive end. He can hit the occasional three. He makes good cuts. And when he's doing that, he's the finishing piece on an offense that really just needs Jokic, Murray, and Porter to be elite. And then you throw in another guard like Will Barton or Monte Morris, or P.J. Dozier, to put you over the top. The Nuggets are betting on their formula to be championship caliber. Jokic and Porter, that's probably good enough to get Denver through the regular season. Jokic, Porter, and Murray, when Murray gets back and get healthy, it's probably good enough to get Denver past weaker playoff opponents. Gordon is the magic piece. He helps Denver go further than that. He's the guy that when Denver's core, when they don't have anybody who can defend a LeBron or a KD or a Kawhi or a Luka, you can throw him on there. You can have him take the brunt of the damage. He won't defend those guys perfectly. And asking anybody to do so is a losing effort. But you still have to pay for somebody who can do that. And there is a big difference between having somebody like Jay Crowder do that in a playoff series, where he went up against LeBron and AD in Miami and then at Phoenix. And there's a difference between that and having Gordon do it, who can defend those guys at least well, and then switch on to other players and do well as well. Gordon has the capacity to improve defensively. And now, after he's been locked in, after he doesn't have anything to worry about financially for the next few years, he can focus on becoming the best player he can be 
to help the Nuggets win games. Denver's going to lose some of their role players off the bench because of the commitment to Gordon. Because when you pay somebody, eventually some cuts are going to have to be made. It's possible that it's P.J. Dozier. It's possible that it's Faku. But the Nuggets are betting on that formula. They're betting on Jokic, Murray, Porter, and Gordon. And then surrounding those guys with good options on the perimeter. Whether it's Will Barton now, Monte Morris going forward, or Bones Highland in the future. They believe that they can add with the draft, with finding other suitable talent to fill in the gaps in free agency and in trades. They believe that they have the group that they need to put it all together and win. There were no other players available out there who could help tie Denver's lineups together defensively in the way that Gordon can. OG Ananobi, he wasn't available. Marcus Smart, he was just extended. Mikhail Bridges, the Suns are probably going to pay him about $100 million. Gordon was the guy. They had a choice between him and Harrison Barnes, and they decided to target Gordon. They knew that he was the guy that could really help elevate the defensive profile. And at 25, turning 26 on Thursday, he still has a ways to go. I'm going to give this grade an A to an A- minus, with the added context. There wasn't a hometown discount in there, and Denver might lose a couple pieces because of that. But they still have locked in a championship contender that, if healthy, there is no reason why the core of Jokic, Murray, Porter, and Gordon can't compete year in and year out. They fit together, they've already played well together, and they still have the capacity to get better together. That's what it's all about. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the future of the Nuggets with Aaron Gordon. We'll be right back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. If you could rate, review, and subscribe, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, uh, the North Pole, wherever you get your podcasts, that would be great. Always appreciate the love and support. I did have to reorganize some of the plans that I had for podcasts with other guests. You may see a couple of extra episodes tomorrow, Thursday, uh, when this podcast comes out. That I have some things in the works with other people that should be a lot of fun. So thank you for sticking with me and let's let's get back into this thing. Because Denver's salary cap going forward, I think this is the the subplot of everything that the Nuggets are going to do for the next couple years here. Because they've committed now. They've brought back their core in a big way. Other than Paul Millsap and JaVale McGee, everyone is back. You had Jamichael Green. You had Will Barton. 
who had Austin Rivers. All three of those guys were important pieces to what Denver did and what they still want to do over the course of the regular season and the playoffs this past year and then going forward. Denver drafted Bones Highland as sort of a replacement for RJ Hampton, if you will. They still have Zeke Naji, Bull Bull, Vlako Chanchar filling out the, the back end of their roster here. But those guys will eventually probably go. And hypothetically, if Denver doesn't make any changes going forward, if the only thing that they do during the regular season and the playoffs is they add another two-way contract, then here's what the salary cap looks like going forward. This deal doesn't affect this year's number, but next year things get really interesting because of what Denver did during this offseason. If Jeff and Jamichael Green opt into their contracts and Michael Porter and the Nuggets agree to a max extension going forward, they would have to do that either this offseason or next offseason. It doesn't matter which. If they agree to an extension, the Nuggets are projected to have about $155.9 million tied up to 10 players in the 2022-23 season. The salary cap is 119, or at least it's projected to be there. The luxury tax is projected to be 145. So Denver and their roughly $156 million salary, they're about 11 million over the tax line projected with five roster spots to fill because you have PJ Dozier Faku Campazzo, Austin Rivers, Vlako Chanchar, and Bull Bull, they will all be expiring. They're all in the last year of their deals, and I think Denver, they'd still be interested in bringing back Dozier. Probably still be interested in bringing back some or all of those guys. They like those guys. They know what they mean. They know what it means for the team to have either high-ceiling options like Dozier and Bull, elite veterans, or maybe not elite, but competent, solid veterans in Faku and Austin Rivers, and Vlaco, who is a great relationship piece for Nikola Jokic going forward, which is a really, really important thing. Keeping the MVP happy and in a good situation is really, really important. Just saying. Those are Denver's current 7th, 9th, 11th, 14th, and 15th man. You could argue 8th, you could argue 10th in some of those cases, but basically, Denver would still have their entire core back together. But they'd probably have to make some important choices with guys like PJ Dozier and Faku Campazzo. Can you bring those guys back? The more you do, the more you pay them the higher that tax line number is going to get. And for the first time, it appears that the Nuggets may be willing to pay the luxury tax. That is what the Gordon deal has really signified here. And then, on top of all of that, the 2022-23 season, not this coming year, but the following year, is Jokic's last year of his contract. 
he is eligible to sign a Supermax after this year, 21-22, and he would be eligible for on the first day of that offseason. He'd earn over $240 million if he signed that deal. He would start from the 2023-24 season to 2027-28. That deal, I kid you not, starts at $42.7 million and goes in upwards of $56 million in the final year of the contract. That's incredible. That is an incredible number. It also shows just how valuable Jokic would be. It would be the highest contract amount, the largest contract amount in NBA history. Now, I think Nikola Jokic is worth it. He's one of the most iconic players of this generation, and Denver will pay that. They absolutely will. They know what he means. So, the start of that 2023-24 season, you would see Will Barton expire, both Jeff Green and Jamichael Green expire, assuming that they both opt into their player options. And Denver in that offseason would have $147 million committed to seven players. We've got Jokic, Murray, Porter, Gordon, Bones Highland, Zeke Naji, and I think Monte Morris. Yep. And that's it. That's all you got. At that point, you better hope that Zeke Naji continues to develop. Better hope that Bones Highland continues to develop. Because the bench is about to get real thin. And the starting lineup is about to get real pricey. The Nuggets are getting really, really expensive. And the MPJ contract is sort of the last straw that will push the Nuggets into the luxury tax. They've said that they will pay it. They have relayed that. They definitely said it. And if they were making choices, if they were making financial choices, then they would choose Porter over Gordon, in my opinion, because Porter still has such a high ceiling that he can reach. You can still figure out the the role players around a Jokic-Murray-Porter group that while they might not fit as well as what Gordon does, you could still reach close to the same place. It's just really hard. It's just really, really difficult to do that. But it is a refreshing change to see Denver sort of go for it here. This sort of puts Denver in the financial category of teams like the Los Angeles Lakers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks, who were lambasted for trading three first-round picks, Eric Bledsoe, and others, for Drew Holiday. They were lambasted for doing that. They also gave up two pick swaps. But they won a title, and now nobody cares. And they're still extremely expensive, and they had to let go of P.J. Tucker because of it. But they got the title. They got the one. And now they have some flexibility because of that. But it is interesting that if the Nets were to win the title this year, they are the projected favorite. If they were to win with KD, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, it would mean that all three of those teams, the Lakers, Nets, and Bucks, have won a title in the last three years. 
if you want to be a championship contender, it is really hard to do so while you're being cheap. You have to pay for something. Teams know that. Players know that. Owners have to know it now. Paying the tax? It's simply part of the equation here. And now, it's time for the Nuggets to pay the tax themselves. The bill has come due. Nikola Jokic deserves it. The Nuggets, they have to do right by one of the best players of this generation, surrounding him with the best possible talent that they can. It's why you always see Denver in the rumors for a Bradley Beal trade, or a Ben Simmons trade, or a James Harden trade, or a Damian Lillard trade even. Others believe that Denver isn't doing right by Nikola Jokic if they don't go for it. And going for it means getting as much talent as possible. Well, the Nuggets have done that, and they've done it on their terms. They've drafted Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter in the 2014, 16, and 18 drafts, respectively. They've added pieces on top of that. You had Monte Morris in 2017. He had um, Will Barton, who was already kind of on board before that. And Aaron Gordon here in 2021, utilizing Gary Harris, who they drafted in 2014, and RJ Hampton, who they drafted in 2020, along with the 2025 first round pick, I believe it was. Denver's committed. They've done their work now. They've put together what is a really, really good team that if all stays good, if all stays healthy, they should be a title contender. But now, it's time to do some other things. It's time to get to work. It's also time to go get that practice facility and to go pay that Comcast bill. Those are two things that the franchise desperately needs. You need the players to feel like they're being cared for. And you need the fans to feel like they're being cared for. That's how you cultivate a fan base right there. And it's how you make more money. But after that, it's just about getting healthy with Jamal Murray, staying healthy with Murray and Porter, and getting to work. Jokic is already putting in work. Gordon, he can put in work too. He has some things that he can improve as do a lot of the Nuggets. Will Barton, Zeke Naji, Monte Morris, Bones Highland, Michael Porter. All of those guys can find some way to improve, can add to their games, can become better pieces, and put this team closer to a championship than they've ever been before. This could be the year. And so could next year. And so could the year after that. And so could the year after that. Because Denver has committed to this group. Jokic, Murray, Porter, Gordon. I like the sound of that. That'll do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate all of this. Uh, I will be back tomorrow, most likely with a visitor, to talk about the Western Conference 
in the bottom of the Western Conference and which teams could really surprise and jump into the playoff picture. Thank you so much, everybody. Talk to you guys very soon.